Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Your auto keep me from being ripped off by a car dealer team (laughs) is assembled and ready to go on this uh, beautiful morning here in South Florida. I can't believe it's January... January 31st, good Lord. 30th. 30th, okay, yeah. I got a day ahead of myself. Uh, We're here to help you uh, learn some things, maybe be entertained a little bit, and uh, we encourage you to participate in the show. Uh, That's what live radio talk is all about. It's kind of fun to do. uh, The adrenaline thing, uh, all of us, uh, as we come into the studio every morning, feel that... uh, little adrenaline rush, you know, stage fright or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to call? Who's not going to call? Uh, am I going to have the right answers? It's fun, and it's, uh, we're totally natural here. We don't rehearse anything. I mean, we, we get prepared for the show, information-wise, but uh, we expect you to call to uh, keep us honest, to keep us on our toes. And we've got a whole lot of ways to come uh, to call the show or contact the show. Uh, We sometimes bore our regular listeners with going over and over and over it again. But uh, we got some new folks out there, and we're trying to grow. We're trying to get bigger. And in the past year, we have really made a quantum leap, I believe, at least geographically. I mean, we're coast to coast. We're we're, we're overseas. Uh, We get a lot of calls from Midwest, the far west, uh, of course, Florida, where we're based, but I'm su- I'm really surprised at the broad interest in our show. You can call it on the old-fashioned telephone just by dialing 877-960-9960. As I say, some of you are going to get tired of hearing that number. Some of you have got it memorized, but a lot of folks are new. Uh, we just don't know how many we have out there. So if you're thinking about calling the show, you might want to write the number down in case you have a question later. We're on for two hours. We'll be here until 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, as I say, that's uh, South Florida time. 877-960-9960. I always give the text number out. That was a real innovation, uh, a quantum leap forward when we got a text number many years ago. We've been doing this for close to two decades. And the text number is 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And you, you might want to write that down, too. Now, we came up with something brand new about a year ago, maybe a year and a half, I'm not sure. It's a way to speak to us, talk to us, I should say, communicate with us anonymously. And that is your... Anonymousfeedback.com. Your 
Y-O-U-R, anonymousfeedback.com. And you go on the website and you send us a message, a question, a comment, an insult, a threat, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, we love to hear what's on your mind. And sometimes people don't like to, you know, share their privacy issues. I understand that. So if you want to maintain your total privacy and communicate with us, and that's become arguably our single most popular form of communication. Start out with hardly anybody responded, then people got the hang of it. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we cover, this isn't just all about buying cars. Uh, I've got a guy sitting to my right named Rick Kearney, been with me for a quarter century, that knows about everything there is to know about cars. Uh, test me if you don't believe that. Uh, we're talking about, um, before the show, uh, we have something called a new owner's event. Full transparency, we are, we have a car dealership, but this is not an infomercial. And uh, every couple of months we invite all our owners in, our new owners in, and Rick addresses the audience. And uh, we have a, a contest that says Stump Rick. And anybody can ask any question about a car uh, and stumps Rick, then they get a prize. So Rick's pretty smart. And uh, I give him all the credit in the world. So when you're calling us, 877-960-9960, remember Rick Kearney, and, uh, and also in the studio with us is Stu Stewart, my son. And Stu is uh, active general manager of our dealership, and he is uh, on the firing line. He's in the trenches, we like to say, and he sees what's going on in the car business every day. Uh, I saw what was going on in the car business every day for many, many years, and now Stu is the, is the uh, hands-on. Uh, I get a lot of it because I'm still involved in the dealership. Uh, Nancy Stewart is sitting, she's to my left. She and I are very actively involved, but uh, not directly. We, uh, we talk to a lot of customers, and we hear a lot of phone, get a lot of phone calls, emails, texts, and everything else. So we're pretty much on, on top of that. But Stu, if you're looking for some current today knowledge, like what happened to this model vehicle yesterday, or so on and so forth, uh, he's right on top of it. He's also our cyber uh, mystery guy. He does the mystery shopping report, not personally, but he supervises it. And that's the highlight of our show, mystery shopping report. You just tuned in, and you do, if you want to listen to nothing else, you want to hear us yak, or particularly me, uh, you, you might want to tune in in the, the last half hour of the show we visit a car dealership somewhere in the Florida area, and we pretend to buy our lease cigar. And we tell you exactly what happened. Uh, you can go to uh, our blog, earloncars.com, and uh, we have a beautiful new recommended dealer list that Stu created um, uh, for our website. And uh, we have our good dealer, bad dealer list, and we have now an innovative grading system and he segregated all the dealers by manufacturer and score. And so you can go from the top of the list to the bottom. You want a really good dealer, you can go for somebody with a, with a high grade. And if you're, if you, sometimes they don't, too many dealers don't have high grades. So you go, you, we, we used to be black or white, recommended or not recommended. Now, uh, Stu did a great job of assembling that. And go to uh, gooddealerbadlitterdealerlist.com or go to, EarlOnCars.com, and the good dealer, bad dealer list is there. And that gets us back to the mystery shopping report, which is where we get our information for the good dealer, bad dealer list. It's pretty accurate, hands-on. 
we've been there, we've done that, uh, we went to buy a car, and we have one for you this afternoon, uh, another doozy, I'd like to say, you'll love it. And um, uh, that is, uh, if you have questions on how to buy a car, lease a car, Stu's your guy. And uh, Nancy Stewart, uh, my co-host, uh, my wife, um, the founding partner of this show, uh, she and I founded this show back uh, about uh, 20 years ago. And uh, she's also a strong female advocate. Uh, she uh, constantly reminds everybody that half the people in this country are female, a little over half actually, and half of them are buying stuff. I don't mean just cars, but everything. Uh, they're consumers, and they, uh, they're out there hands-on buying as many cars as men do. Used to be men bought more cars, now women are buying uh, as many cars and maybe uh, servicing the cars, paying for the service. So uh, she, is, she is here to try to build our female audience. And uh, we try very hard to build a female audience. Um, uh, maybe women are just smarter than men. I know a lot of them are. But uh, we don't get as many calls we'd like to get from the ladies out there. And uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy, who is going to give you a special offer that we have for you if you will just call the show, you, you female callers. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I like your hat. Oh, thank you. Uh, everyone who is uh, watching us on uh, Facebook or YouTube, you too can have the same hat. It's quite, uh, I think it's a good looking hat. Stu has something to do with that. But uh, each and every one of you uh, can have a, a hat and uh, all you gotta do is uh, join Earl's Vigilantes. Yeah, Earl's Vigilantes and uh, with doing that, uh, you can help uh, us uh, you can help the people in your community, and uh, you don't have to be an auto expert, uh, but uh, just get out there in the trenches. And, uh, well, I think it would be a good thing for all of us. So earlsvigilantes.com. You can sign up, and uh, you can join us every week. You can even call the show and share your experience with us and uh, what you found out in your neighborhood. Uh, with that said, again, that telephone number is 877-960-9960. And uh, as Earl alluded to earlier about uh, being an, me being an advocate, I'm, I definitely am um, in a lot of different ways, but uh, my heart is with the ladies. And uh, I've occupied this well, uh, I'll say this a seat that I, I take uh, every week, and uh, it's definitely been a journey. And I have to tell everyone that we've come a long way, ladies. And uh, even some of the uh, car dealers have come a long way because, well, uh, for lack of another word, I'm going to say they were uh, a little careless and stupid uh, because they didn't realize the impact that women have in the auto industry and how they affect, uh, well, finances, which is uh, very true uh, to a car dealer's heart. So uh, some of them finally smartened up and realized that they had to respect women and see them as a serious buyer or even serious when they get service, uh, lease, uh, purchase, whatever the uh, deal is, they are respecting women a whole lot more. And that makes me happy. But this morning, 
ladies, you can win yourself $50. First two new lady callers, $50. And, uh, well, uh, just call and, 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 and give us an idea of uh, uh, what you uh, were part of this week. Did you take your car in for service? Did you purchase a car? Did you lease a car? Did you purchase a used car? So, uh, you know, uh, we, would, we would love to hear from you and your experience, and, and there's so much to experience when you walk into a car dealership. So remember, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, I want to apologize for um, massaging my microphone <laughs> with my uh, Lysol wipes. But be careful. Yeah, I yeah. thought a I thought a small uh, critter had gotten into yeah. my headphone. <laughs> hey, excuse me, guys. We're going to go to the phones, and uh, I'm going to thank John from Palm City for holding as long as he did. Good morning, John. Good morning. I want to talk about Nancy's power of women. I have today's headlines, and right in front of me, GM decision to go electric rocks the industry. That's been done at a decision by the CEO Mary Barra of General Motors. There will be absolutely no more gasoline or diesel cars after 2035. She's vowing to have sell only EV or zero-emission cars before then. No diesels, no gasoline. And at the end of what I want to say about her, uh, I want to ask Earl a question. Uh, this is a very big uh, decision for the industry, made by a female, incidentally, and I think it's a good decision. And General Motors already is preparing. They're building a plant in Ohio just to build batteries. They've already committed $27 billion uh, by, nine, by 2025 to build 30 all-model uh, EV vehicles. Now, they have made mistakes in the past. Uh, 202, they came out with a Hummer 2 that weighed 6,600 pounds. It only got 10 miles per gallon. It was twice the weight of a Honda Accord was 6,600 6, pounds, a big mistake in my opinion. It, it, it's a failure. Uh, it, it's completely, they also, over 20 years ago, they came out with a full electric, was called EV1. They wouldn't even sell it to the public. They leased it only. And they were all destroyed, except two were snuck out, and they're in museums now. But it was not enough profit for GM, and the car got con discontinued. Today, they even have a electric, it's called a Bolt. It's not a hot item. You don't see many of them around. But this is a major, major decision that's made by a female. And I think it's a very good decision. And it's the history, it's the future. The only thing is, I want to ask Earl a question. I see gasoline, and everybody does, raising tremendously. In California, my brother-in-law tells me, he travels, he's a trucker, and and just below $4 a gallon for 87 octane. Now, what I see going on, I look on the roads, and like one out of three vehicles are SUVs. Now, with the gasoline going up so high, does Earl can foresee very shortly a period where people will be just be parking these SUVs and buying, again, the smaller economical cars until we get adjusted to the electric vehicle? What's Earl's opinion on that? John, that's a very interesting question. To be honest with you, I haven't uh, given, given it a lot of thought, but it is a good question. I didn't know that 
gasoline was up to $4 in California. And uh, uh, I, I got to believe it's a short-term issue. I think what we're seeing <coughs> is a, a spike based on short-term supply and demand. The demand overall, uh, nationwide, for, uh, worldwide for oil, is way, way down. And people see the handwriting on the wall, like Mary Barra, in the future. But the short run is hard to predict, like the stock market. I mean, the GM stock just hit a new high the other day. Uh, they've been uh, a terrible stock for a long time. A lot of people are predicting they're going to go out of business. And uh, Mary Barra um, is doing what she's doing, and I'm not taking anything away from her uh, because she has to. It's a matter of survival. All the manufacturers, and including, and not just the car manufacturers, but a lot of the software people out there are all targeting the same thing. Uh, the, the Googles and the Apple, Apple's going to come up with a car now. So uh, when, when you're, when you're high-tech, a mega, mega buck, uh, capitalized huge corporations worldwide decide they're going to build an electric car, and you're General Motors, and you've already been in bankruptcy not too long ago, and you're back out again, um, she's really got a lot of motivation to come up with an all-electric all fleet in 2035. Uh, she will do that if she if they can survive. And I say the same thing for Ford and Chrysler, uh, uh, Toyota, Honda, all the manufacturers. We got just too many manufacturers, and we have a lot of them that are fragile. I don't think that uh, uh, Chrysler Fiat will be in business in 10 years. Uh, yeah, that's my opinion. I, 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 how can you possibly have enough uh, demand to support uh, what we're seeing happening when they don't have, you're, you're not going to have a lot of people survive. Look at Tesla. Uh, I bet against Tesla. John, I bet you, you bet against Tesla. Uh, and yet Tesla continued to rock. And now uh, they're worth more than all the other car uh, manufacturers put together. Uh, now they're the, the heroes. They're, they, they're, they saw the promised land, and now they're heroes. So uh, I'm a lousy predictor. I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I, it's going to be fun watching, though, and I salute Mary Barra for, you know, sometimes it's easy just to maintain the status quo, squeeze out a few bucks profit, but she's going, she's going for the gold, all electric, and I wish her the best. I agree with you 100%. And regards to what Nancy's saying, not only that, she's the CEO of the major corporation with a great decision. I mean, this is happening every day. You take Walgreen, which the owners actually of Walgreen, they have a residence out here on Hutchinson Island. Walgreen just elected the first female black woman to head the corporation. So the women have come a long way and are continuing to go a long way. And it's just unbelievable. I mean, even a woman vice president, we never thought we'd have it. And here it is, exists today. So it's a great decision, in my opinion. And it's going to put GM way ahead of the others. But they're going to catch up. And Volkswagen and all, this stimulates them, this decision, to get going on their electric vehicles. So it, competition is the best thing that can happen in the industry. Well, thank you, John. I know um, Nancy is very happy to hear you. I say those things, and I, I totally agree with you. And it's good to say it's too, too little, too late, but better than not at all. And the women are but coming it sure on. What's happening yeah. for the yeah. females? Yeah. And uh, uh, John, to your uh, comment uh, about General Motors, uh, 
you know, I think it was a tough decision uh, for General Motors to uh, put Mary uh, Barra in the position that she's in. And uh, these decisions that she has made from the beginning, uh, it might seem like as if it's an easy task, but it definitely is not. Uh, because I think that uh, she has really moved General Motors in the right direction and uh, things are changing so much. And uh, we'll talk about the uh, electric cars and, uh, you, you know, the planet and how we're trying to save the planet and how uh, everything, all the, everything is moving in the right direction, but not everyone is on board with that. So when she makes these decisions, uh, I'm sure she gets some flack from some people. So uh, my hat is off to her. And uh, General Motors, they had their thinking cap on when they decided to choose her because she's powerful, aggressive, and she's very educated, and she's going to change everything for General Motors. Thanks, John. Absolutely, I agree with you. Thank you so much for the phone call. We enjoy talking to you. Look forward to uh, sharing the mystery shopping report with you this morning. Okay, I'll listen carefully. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, 77-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, do you have anything to share with us as far as, uh, well, how about dealer fees? Uh, which ones are legitimate? Uh, and anything at all. How'd your service go? How do you feel about our show? Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Let's go to our messengers here. We got a YouTube over. Rick can talk about. Yeah. Uh, Negan one is asking. I would like to know how trading in a car saves you money on sales tax in simple terms, or should I say how it benefits towards sales tax? I'm not sure I understand it all. Uh, it's yeah it's it's i guess if you're not in the in the business it's kind of weird um but when you're trading in a car um basically that's like that's like cash the equivalent of cash uh you're only paying the price the sales tax on the difference um of the of the purchase between the price you're paying and, and the the trade value you're giving you've already paid sales tax on the first car and i don't know if there's anything more technical than that um it might be one of those things that's just the way it is, but do you know the origin of that? I mean, I think the logic is you've already paid sales tax on the first vehicle, and you're only paying tax on the difference. Well, it's a, it's a good law. I mean, yeah. they're few and far between sometimes, but it's a, a law that some states have, some states don't. And uh, they're, they're very... I, I wonder if the car dealer lobby had anything to do with that. Yeah, and it's a good <laughs> thing to keep in mind when you're buying a car, because uh, your trade-in has two values, the appraisal value and the sales tax it saves you. And uh, if you go out and sell your car yourself, that can be a great idea if you get more money than the dealer would allow you. But in Florida, for example, we have a 6% sales tax. So if you have a $10,000 trade-in value, uh, you're losing $600 in value if you sell it outside the dealership. And uh, that's the reason it's good to get a bid from another person that will buy it and then tell the uh, dealer if they can match it, you'll trade it in because then you get the bonus of the six percent savings. Okay, yeah. Sue, so you got some uh, probably uh, anonymous feedbacks over there. Oh yeah, there are a Be bunch are coming in. Yeah. Before we get to that, we're going to go to a first-time caller, Ooh. and uh, her name is uh, 
Renee, I believe. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Enjoying your your show. Thank you. It's very informative. I'm a new listener. I have a used car that the window tinting is old and it's gotten real wavy. I was wondering, is it possible to easily remove window tinting, or especially on the rear window? Yeah. Am I going to have to replace the whole window? It's um, it can be done, um, but it's a very labor intensive. I don't I, I I don't know how much it would cost, but it is it takes a long time. And but a detail um, company can do that. Um, you might even ask a, a tent company what they recommend based on the. Uh, uh, the type of uh, tint that they put on the car. Um, it is something that a, you know, a novice really shouldn't try to do, especially on the back window if you have any of those, like the heater, uh, those little wires that heat up the back window, the defroster. Um, but it's done periodically. It, like For example, at our dealership, if we get a trade-in that has some tint that is, uh, uh, looks like it's bad, and in a lot of cases we'll take off the tint anyway just because not, not that many people want to buy a car, but use car with tint. So it does. Uh, it's it is a, a pretty. It's a pain in the butt to take off, but it can be done. Renee, what year is your car? It's a 2004. Okay, you know as uh, Stu said, and I highly recommend because I've been in that position before. You don't want to attempt that in any way yourself or have a friend do it. Uh, you know that that tent. Uh, it can be pretty. Uh, tedious and um, you know if, if you want to retain the value of your vehicle you're going to make sure that uh, you get somebody professional to take care of that and not only that uh, if, if you're going to you know trade in your car at any time but not only that you know for safety reasons uh, it's really a must to get someone professional to take care of that. Yeah Renee stay tuned uh, we're going to ask our uh, people out there that might know, including our own dealership, uh, what it costs to remove one to ten. Maybe we give you an idea, because as Stu said, when we trade cars in and we have window ten that doesn't look too good, we'll try to take it off, and we sublet it out to somebody. So we'll get an answer for you if you stay tuned. We should have that answer for you in a few minutes. Well, thank thanks you very much. Uh, thanks, uh, Renee, and congratulations. Right. You won yourself fifty dollars. Thank you. And remember, always three bids take your car out take it to three different uh you know uh, locations and uh because you can really be taking advantage with uh something with a repair like that thank you so much all right thanks bye-bye bye-bye hey seven seven nine six oh ninety nine sixty or you can text us seven seven two four nine seven six five now back to Stu. All right, before we get to these uh, some of these text messages, um, Earl had mentioned the uh, the new recommended dealer list, and uh, we had a lot of fun putting that together. And like he said, we're the way we are uh, we're grading the dealers, and we've been doing that anyway. But we stopped making it a pass fail either or, and we just put the grades up there on the site um, for you to make your own choice. And uh, it's we have not every manufacturer, but almost, and it's sorted by manufacturers. And each uh, dealer is uh, is sorted out uh, uh, by their grade, the best grade at the top. And um, I thought it was it would be an interesting thing to calculate the GPAs, the grade point averages of each manufacturer, <laughs> to see well who's the worst and who's the best. And the results were uh, uh, some were surprising, some some weren't. Um, 
the highest GPA um, of all the manufacturers out there in all the years we've been mystery shopping. Grade point average. Grade point average. They don't have honors point average. It's just GPA <laughs> is a 3.3, and that is a B average, not quite a B plus for Subaru, followed by BMW with a 3.0, and, that, and from here it goes down. Lexus with a 2.8, Audi with a 2.5, Ford with a 2.1, the used car dealers, a 2.1 also, Volkswagen 2.0, Honda 1.9, Mercedes 1.5, Chevy 1.5, Toyota 1.4. I'm amazed at Mercedes. Wow. Yeah. Well, we've only had t there's only two Mercedes mystery shops, so we don't have a whole lot of grades. Okay. Um, uh, Toyota 1.4, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep 1.3, Nissan 1.2, Hyundai 1.1, Kia 1.0. And Acura, yeah, we've shopped at zero deal, <laughs> Kia dealers. Yeah, and Acura, zero point zero. So, needless to say, none of these uh, manufacturers are getting into the Ivy League. Um, actually, I don't think any of them will be able to get into the University of Florida um, with the grades that they're getting. So, they really got to step up their game. <laughs> and is it that difficult to do? Huh? I I, I really don't think so. You it know? just takes leadership and will and uh, I, recognition I mean, of what customers want. Yeah, exactly. You know, management. You know, crack that whip. Yeah. Anyway, uh, pardon the <laughs> expression. I think Rick just fell off his chair. <laughs> anyway, that's just me. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero. We are going to go to Frank from West Palm Beach. Welcome back, Frank. Good morning. How is everybody? Everything is great. How are you? Okay. I just heard Earl say uh, sales about six percent. Um, I think it's seven percent in Florida. Well, Frank, it's um, it is. There's a um, in uh, Florida, it's it's six percent. Then there's an extra county tax, and that goes by by county. So each county has a, um, can have additional sales tax or less. It, around the state, the average is 6%. Oh, okay. I'm in the wrong part, I guess. I'm in the 7%. Section. you got to move. <laughs> and yeah, New York is yeah. real high, I think. Well, I'm, yeah. a, I'm only 15 miles from your dealership, so... Well, you pay the sales tax in the county that you're registered in. So even if you <coughs> bought a car from us or someone down in a different county, you still pay where, wherever you register it, whatever your home address is. You still there, Frank? I think we lost Frank. Thanks for calling, Frank, if you can still hear us. Yeah, and welcome uh, back and give us a call again. I think we're going to go back to uh, Stu. Sure, we got a text from, um, from Anne-Marie. I was waiting for me when I got here. Actually, a minute after we started the show. Uh, good morning. TorqueNews.com has reported that in 2020, Toyota increased its stake in the Subaru Corporation up to 20%. Uh, January 27th. Did you say Toyota? Toyota has a stake, 20% uh, stake in Subaru now. Ooh. Um, as of January 27th, a uh, uh, story in Torque News, they said that Subaru has acquired nearly 9 million shares of Toyota, <laughs> which officially ties them to Toyota. One, does each company stake in the other give them a chance to share and collaborate on technology as a way to avoid costly lawsuits on patent rights and expand the resources? And two, what other advantages come from large stock purchases between companies in the same field? And then she has an, uh, um, an automotive question, but let's, uh, what, your, what are your thoughts on her first questions? Uh, I think that is, uh, first of all, there's still competitors at 20%. 
they're still definitely competitors. As a matter of fact, Toyota is one of the reasons why they bought the 20%. I might just spend to own their stock because Subaru is just an amazing company, and they're very small. They're like a gnat uh, compared to Toyota. Toyota is the giant of the industry, and uh, Subaru is just too small. I wish they were bigger because they build a great car. Uh, the quality of their dealers is very high, so you just heard Stu. They have the highest rated great uh, grade point average <laughs> on our uh, mystery shopping list. So they got everything going for them. They, they don't have the supply because they're not big enough. And it's so one of the best kept secrets what a great car Subaru is. So I think Toyota is saying, hey, listen, uh, I hear footsteps. They're, they're small footsteps, but they're gaining on us. And uh, we're a dinosaur and they're a little uh, rabbit. But uh, let's find out what they're doing right. and Maybe we can copy them and then... I don't know why Subaru is buying Toyota stock other than the fact that it's been going up like a rocket, and uh, maybe, maybe it's just a good investment. Maybe we'll see a merger. Yeah. Um, her second question actually answers... Well, uh, never be a merger. I think uh, Toyota would buy Subaru. Yeah, they, I mean, they would yeah. absorb, uh, yeah. uh, absorb them. Uh, Emery's second question is what other... about is Her question about um, using sharing uh, technology, her second question answers that question. So... Uh, yesterday, um, there was a story that came out that said that Toyota and Subaru will collaborate on an all-electric SUV, and that will come to the U.S. shores in 2022. That's next year, folks, because it's 2021. It's, mm. it's still early in the year. Uh, it's going to be about the same size as the Subaru Forester, and, um, and customers in Europe won't see the new um, Subaru Electric until 2025. Uh, if it's, the story is accurate, the U.S. will get an all-electric Subaru in 2022. Um, when will we see an all-electric Toyota? Um, there, like I said, that answered your question. So clearly this collaboration with Toyota and Subaru is, is going to result in this uh, joint um, EV effort. And I think we talked about it last week on the show. Uh, Toyota is developing EVs, uh, but just not for the United States right now. So they're focusing on markets wh which, which have um, stronger requirements for emissions like China and Europe. But there is a, um, this year I think there is a, um, a small SUV, um, all EV vehicle that's going to be uh, released in Europe this year. And at some point in the following years, it's going to come to the United States. But, you know, listen, Toyota is uh, is really behind the ball on this. I think they, they put all their stakes in hydrogen technology and hybrid, and that totally makes sense because they've dominated the hybrid market for the last 20 years. So um, they, they kind of do what they know, but they need to get on the ball. I agree with you, Stu, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go to back to the phones, and we are going to go to a regular caller, Howard from Jupiter. Good morning, how are you, Howard? Good morning. Howard? I hope you you yeah, fine. Thank you. I hope you all well. Yeah. Um, I'd like to discuss uh, the future of uh, electric cars. You know, I'm an independent, and uh, I, I don't go to any parties. I, I vote for the people that I like the best. So I think uh, Biden is really pushing this. President Biden is pushing this, uh, and I think it's going to. I personally think it's going to think of the future. However, there are a couple of questions I have. Uh, did you know that uh, you know cobalt is the uh, is, is the product that uh, the batteries are made from, and uh, cobalt is mined by slave labor. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. No. Um, yeah, and uh, so the thing is, you're producing a great uh, product, but people producing it. Uh, are suffering, so it's a big question on that. And uh, my question is uh, for Rick: uh, these batteries, 
cobalt batteries, do they cause pollution when they're made? As far as I know, yes, they do. There is a there is a footprint made when they are producing the batteries, and that's one of the reasons why they are not disposed of like a lot of other products. They are completely recycled when they reach the end of their lifespan in a car. Um, I know Toyota, for all of our nickel metal hydride batteries, and especially the new lithium batteries that we have in some of our hybrids, every one of those are going back to Toyota as fast as they can get them. They, there are a bunch of them that wind up in junkyards, unfortunately, and some of these outside companies are getting hold of them, but they are getting recycled at an enormous rate. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the world is what it is, so it's, it's hard really to control what happens in other countries, you know, what, what they're doing to produce their, their natural resources that they then sell to these companies. Howard, I got to ask you this question. You said slave labor. You were exaggerating to make your point. I wasn't aware that uh, we had slave labor anywhere in the world anymore. I think we still have slave labor. Mm. Where is this? Yeah, I, I just didn't know that. There's no legal slave labor anywhere on the planet. I'm not saying it didn't happen illegally, but there's no yeah. legal slave labor. Yeah. I mean, you could call it as a, you know, bad working conditions and sweatshop sort of stuff. Yeah, I thought that's what Howard was saying. Yeah, but, but not literal. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Howard. Appreciate the call. Any, anything else on your mind? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm still waiting for a, uh, um, you know, a toy. Oh, yes, here's one other thing. Uh, a friend of mine had just bought tires, and he said these tires are very, very expensive, and... Uh, if you get a flat, you can still ride on them. So I said, okay, so you get a flat, you can still ride on them. Uh, uh, are they, how long can you ride? So you can ride 50 miles and then get them changed. So I wonder if it's worthwhile to buy these tires. They double the price of the regular tires. But uh, I think once, it, once uh, the puncture goes through them, they can't be used again. So, okay, Rick, can you tell me about these uh, tires? Uh, and they're three times the price of a regular tire. Is it worth buying them? Right, those, those are called run-flat tires, and they actually were very popular uh, a few years back for quite a while. Um, we don't see them near as much anymore, and the, the reason being that it is a one-time-use tire. If, once it is punctured, it cannot be repaired. Uh, run-flat tires must be replaced if they get punctured and because of the road surfaces we have you know the, the amount of debris in our roads you know i mean everybody remembers the blue roof seasons when all the hurricanes came through and the amount of nails that were all over the roads you know you tell a customer hey i, I know you just spent five hundred dollars each on these tires and you got a nail in one 20 miles after you bought it but you got to buy a new tire and so a lot of folks went with the idea of saying, well, we're not doing that again. We'll get regular tires that can be repaired as long as it's safe to do so. And the answer is no, it's not worth uh, the money unless you've got so much money you don't know what to do with it. If I uh, had a Rolls Royce and I was a billionaire, uh, it'd be worth buying a set of tires every time I had a flat because I'd know I'd never be inconvenienced. I could just uh, drive wherever I wanted to and put a new set of tires on there, and if I had to spend $1,000 on a set of tires and I'm a billionaire, that's uh, pocket change. 
that's a that's a no no. Don't buy that's a no no. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much for your information. Thank you, Howard. Have a good day. Thanks, Howard. Great hearing from you. Remember, ladies, um, we have uh, we're looking forward to one more new female caller. Do you know why? You can win yourself fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Fifty dollars this morning. I have fifty dollars right here in my little hands for one more new female caller. Not that I don't want to hear from many of you that listen to the show and call me throughout the week. There's something, well, maybe you feel that you, you feel a little uncomfortable and maybe you'd rather text, but hey, throw caution to the wind. Give us a call. Express yourself. Remember? Remember Madonna? <laughs> That's the song that just popped in. Now you put the earworm in my head, and I'm going to be voguing all day. I'm just kidding. There you go. And uh, to, uh, for Rick, Rick, did you see the, um, before we get to Stu, he has a, a whole lot more text. Did you see the new <clears throat> Bronco commercial? I have not. Mm, it, uh, I believe it aired last night. I'll, have, in, I'll I've, have to look for that. I've been waiting for it. All, I, all I can see is OJ running through the airport. Uh. I've seen a couple of the new Broncos on the road, and they're pretty interesting-looking vehicles. They, they, are. they look really good. They, they, really, they really are. They've come a long way. Mm -hmm. I can also see, I can also visualize um, O.J. hiding in the back of that Bronco. <laughs> anyway, that was a long ride. Maybe white, the new white Broncos will be a, a, a low-selling model in contradiction to <laughs> most other <laughs> white cars. I don't want that one. Okay, back to Stu. You know, uh, people must have tires on the brain. Howard called, speaking about the run-flat tires. Uh, this is from Bob in Las Vegas. Um, says, why are we still using pneumatic tires that need to be replaced after a few years of wear? You would think that by now, using advanced materials and technologies, a permanent tire could be developed that would not require replacement or repair. I doubt the astronauts on Mars will be driving rovers that might get a flat tire. Very good I, point. I totally agree. I've said that on the show, and I... I still say it, and there's a, uh, eventually it's going to happen. It's uh, uh, with the technological data explosion we got going, some guy's going to come up with a, hey, uh, here's a tire that lasts forever, and, yeah, uh, and it'll happen. And excuse me, guess what else? It's really important that we're all, well, there's more people looking at it than ever before, the environment. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Think the, about it. Yeah, whoever develops it, you know, that's a, a well-paying uh, innovation. Rick has one. I've, I've seen articles recently about a, a design where, I'm sure you've seen pictures of these tires where it's actually the not a pneumatic tire. The honeycomb. It's like thing. a honeycomb yeah. Uh, yeah. pattern. And then these are designed that the tread on the tire, when you remove it, it can actually be reprinted, adding material oh, on it, brilliant. and recut Hmm. And then they simply, you don't throw the yeah. tire away. You that sounds like a Mars right rover sort on. of thing. Like a 3D printer. Exactly. That, that's how it would work, is you would take this, replace the tire, give the customer a new yeah. set, off they would go. Then you would take the original one, and it would be recycled by yeah. simply adding more material, yeah. cutting new tread on it, and boom, it's back in business we're again. We're living in a world where waste. you can imagine it. It's true. And uh, we do this every day. I, uh, One of my favorite things to do now is think of something I need and not even know that it exists and then go to Amazon and uh, find out a product has been invented yeah. and available I didn't even know existed. So uh, the things are happening at warp speed today and the tires are the same way. Yeah, it's like when your pants started falling down because you're losing so much weight and you 
I wish somebody could hold these up and you went on Amazon and you found these suspenders. things called suspenders. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of tires, last week, uh, and this wasn't tires, but Firestone, that was my segue, uh, we, re we uh, referred somebody to Firestone. Uh, and uh, Sandy on Facebook uh, commented and says, I just wanted to tell you that she had a wonderful experience at Firestone in North Palm Beach on US-1. Hmm. She needed regular service and back brakes and rotors. Thanks for the great referral. Sean was very professional. Happy to oblige. Well, boy, I love it when we get a positive report. People are always looking. Mm -hmm. I mean, their tire dealers are almost as bad as car dealers. And uh, you go into a, a tire store and they're out there, everybody's on commission like at car dealerships, and you go to set, buy a set of tires, and you like the two, you get one free, or buy three, you get one free, and or they give you a ridiculously low price, and you come in there, and they got a string of add-ons, we call them dealer fees and hidden fees in the car business, now they're hidden tire fees, and you're paying for road hazard insurance, you're paying for uh, uh, mounting and balancing, and uh, and I'm leaving off a whole bunch of stuff. The things. Shop some, fees. Yeah. Shop <laughs> fees, yeah. So, yeah, Firestone and North Palm Beach. Uh, is that North Palm Beach? North Palm Beach on uh, North Fire, Lake Boulevard. North Lake Boulevard, Firestone, North Palm Beach. Uh, a good tire dealer. You can go in there and be treated with very yeah. courtesy and respect. Absolutely. We actually mystery shopped them years ago, um, and it was a question about uh, I think we had a, a tire with a hole, with a nail in it, and wanted to see if they would. Uh, uh, agreed to replace it or say they couldn't replace it on the side if it was in the sidewall and they they got an a so i forgot about place. that yeah. yeah all right here's a text from kim in palm beach gardens you guys are going to think this is a crazy question but whenever i pick up certain takeout meals i'm looking at you five guys <laughs> the smell stays in my cars for days please tell me how to one prevent this and two get rid of the smell great i, I had the same question. thing all right so here's what i've tried I've tried driving back home with the bag of five guys in my car with the paper bag rolled up so the, it doesn't escape, but then you're steaming your fries. Roll all the windows down and get and take it home. But that didn't work. So I'm waiting to hear from Rick or anybody else who can tell me how to do this. I did that too, and the trunk, it permeated the whole car. It yeah, didn't work. That, it will, yeah. Mm -hmm. my, my suggestion on that, the best idea I would have, is one of those large thermo bags that actually seal. Yeah. yeah. Granted, you're going to steam your fries a little bit, but no offense, five or guys' frogs or or fries are soggy anyway. A small cooler. Yeah. yeah. But, but the steam is going to build up. You, you need something that actually seals. Like, you know, yeah. Playmate coolers, when they close the top, they don't seal very well. There's yeah. a lot of air gaps there. You need something that'll yeah. seal it over yeah. so that it's airtight and you're good. All right, well, I'm gonna, a I'm great, gonna, that's a great question. I'm going to say something um, very dangerous on the air, but I am almost 100% sure that my wife is not listening. The ma the best way I get to keep the smell out of my car is to uh, convince my wife to go pick it up in her car. Ah. <laughs> or just use her car. Or just hang, hand the bag out the window when you drive home. All right, let's move along. Uh, it's funny. Whenever <laughs> I put my uh, purchase my green smoothies and put it in the car, uh, my car smells. It smells good. Divine. I think I think what Nancy is getting at is if you don't want your car to stink, don't eat that unhealthy, terrible garbage. Well, Bud's Fried Chicken, uh, that is the best fried chicken on the planet, and uh, not to mention their fish sandwiches. Mm. And you go in there and you get a takeout. By the time you get home, mm -hmm. uh, you smell like a restaurant. Oh, and, yeah. and the car smells like that yeah. until it finally goes away naturally. And well, what's the name of the restaurant? Bud's. Bud's Fried Chicken on North Lake yeah, Boulevard. They are, they are the best. Oh, wow. You never, ever leave Bud's. 
You <laughs> eat that fantastic food right there. <laughs> oh, man. Forget the car. L- last thing on, on, on Five Guys, though. <laughs> it's like me and my brothers, we, were like, we always try to eat healthy and we shame each other when we find out that we have broken, uh, breaking bad and eating <laughs> garbage food. You can never get away with it. If, if my brother Josh gets in the car, he'll go, ah, I see you broke bad last night. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You see, that's what happens. And it even, you know, just because you're in the restaurant, and you finish that food immediately. It still has a, a penetration that yeah. gets your mind working and you wonder, oh my goodness, what's happened to the inside of my stomach? Anyway, yeah. I All right, di- folks, I you're digress. listening to Erlon Burgers. And, okay. <laughs> Rick, you got any messages over there? I've got about four of them going right now. Okay, let's see here. First one we had, uh, Rico says, good morning. I'm wondering about dealer quotas. Do all dealers face the same numbers from the manufacturer? And could you please give examples of the number of cars that need to be sold in each bracket? I recall it depends on the market and it depends on the dealer and the franchise. And their forecast uh, and everything. They all have forecasts. So if you're, you, you have a market assignment. If you're in New York City, it's a huge one. If you're in Paducah, Kentucky, it's a small one. Uh, if you're selling Nissans, it's a smaller one. If you're selling Toyotas, it's a higher one. But it's competitive within your brand and it's very serious and if you don't achieve that potentially the manufacturer can cancel you as a dealer and this is one of the reasons Nancy and I were talking about in the car uh, this morning as we came to the show why Nissan dealerships seem to treat their customers so badly and uh, we blame the manufacturer to a large extent because they put undue pressure on their dealers to perform and and uh, they don't support the dealers the dealers rank them last in the dealer attitude survey uh, by the National Automobile Dealers Association. And so, uh, you know, you just absolutely, uh, uh, if, if you don't hit your quota, as you say, Rico, 75% for Toyota, I don't know what it is for other dealers, they'll cancel you mm-hmm. as a dealer. So huge pressure. That's right. And to give you an idea of like the range of these objectives or these quotas, in South Florida, it ranges um, from 634 is the highest uh, quota this month, and it changes month by month. By month and the lowest is 19. So it's a huge range depending yeah. on the size of and the dealership. And that's per month. Sales that's per month. per month, exactly. So New vehicles per month. That's Key West Toyota, by the way. Yeah. It's only required to sell 19 cars this month. And Hollywood you know, Toyota there, there, is there, 634. 634. Yep. There, there's a whole lot of people that don't think about these quotas and the pressure. Pressure that these dealerships are under in order to meet that quota. And guess what? <laughs> They'll do anything yeah. to and sell a car. They big bucks will too take if you no it. prisoners. We talked about stair-step incentives on this uh, on the show a lot, and there's big bucks for hitting it and exceeding it. So they're, like Nancy says, uh, there's a whole lot of motivation, one, not to fail, and two, uh, to get rich. What's the last thing you do with the dealership before you go home, Stu? Take a shower. <laughs> last oh, thing I'm you did sorry. the dealership. I'm sorry, you, not you. You, te- you text me how many new cars we sold. Oh yeah, exactly. And uh, and so uh, and then what do I say to Nancy? I say Nancy, we sold 14 cars today, and that makes me happy. When Sue says we sold six cars, I'm very depressed. Okay. So there is an intense competition and pressure on all car dealers to sell their quotas. Yeah. Great question, Rico. Yeah, definitely. There's a whole lot of pressure and competition. Uh, at 1215 North Federal Highway number two. 
Okay, okay we guys, get... we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to go to the road runner, Steve, and uh, he's calling us from Boynton. Good morning, Good Steve. Good morning, everybody. Hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Okay, I like that talk about the car smells. Ah. <laughs> My favorite car smell when I was in New York was the car smell of White Castle hamburgers. Oh, yeah. Look at <laughs> Sliders. <Okay>. Look at <laughs> Now, the trick that I used to do is, if anything else smelled in the car, I would get a, a pot, and I get incense that are in shape of a pyramid, yes. and I would light the incense in the car, but stay with the car. Yeah. <laughs> you put it in the pot. Hey, Steve, how long ago was this? What? How long ago was this? You're talking about incense that are like a pyramid? What? How long ago was well, this? Like, Walmart has these little incense that uh, are shaped like their cone incense. Yeah, I know yeah. what they look. I know what they look like. We're talking about the okay. 60s and 70s. A lot, pot? Of peop- a lot of people used to use well, those, but they used them for different reasons. From, from the hippies. So he smoked some pot and then he burned some <laughs> there incense. There you go. <laughs> that, well, make sure you put that little. I wasn't on camera, was I? And light it and just let the let the smell take the odor out of a car. Right. You could get all those flavors: lavender, right. vanilla, now and Oh yeah, else. yeah, yeah. I used to buy them by the case. <laughs> uh, oh, you must have been a party girl. <laughs> what? Why cash or the incense? <laughs> <laughs> But that's an old hippie trick. There we go. Since I'm an old, since I'm an old guy, I'm 68, so I remember stuff like that. Yeah, well, I'm 78, I Steve. I a car magazine one time. Yeah, I remember a whole that's lot more than you. <laughs> but White Castle was my favorite smell. I don't care how long it stayed in the car. I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> Uh, Steve, it's great hearing from you. Okay, it was good. Keep up the good work. Thank Thank, you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, ladies, $50. I have it right here. One more new female you know, now back to Stu. Kim in Palm Beach Gardens, uh, who sent the text about the five guys, I think hit a nerve. <laughs> so we had Steve. Um, John in California uh, text says, um, well, what I do is roll up all the windows, and whatever side the bag of food is on, I open the window about an inch. It creates a vacuum, and then he uses a good uh, air freshener. Mm-hmm. So I'll try that. If it's like pulling it, you know, a, a current, sucking it out one window, mm. we'll try that. You know what? going to have five guys for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've planted some seeds this morning during mm-hmm. this two-hour show. You can see uh, or you can hear, folks, it's pretty versatile. We have a whole lot to talk about, anything and everything. We're going to go back to the phones, West Palm Beach, and uh, not a first-time caller, but I believe that it's uh, Mina? Mina? Yes, it's Mina. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to comment with regard to the uh, slave labor question that came up, Mm -hmm. you know, seemed to pass quickly. Uh, It's really now referred to as human trafficking, and it does exist, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Through force, abduction, fraud, and child soldiers, and and, and it is... uh, perhaps a dirty secret that 
uh, these batteries are made that way. And uh, the, company, the country that, that does make these batteries, that makes the lithium, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not... It's not good. Right. It's now, we, good. Say, oh, we said that there, there was no legal slave existing in, in, on the planet anymore. That's, you know, that's definitely a, a huge problem, and it is, uh, and also well, to do with prostitution and child abduction and all sorts of uh, things like that. Well, so you're absolutely human right. trafficking, and uh, I, I, I can't imagine that, that, that you know, human slavery was, was ever legal in the world, across the world, but maybe just in certain countries. But um, human trafficking certainly exists all over the world. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that point, and um, it is a dirty secret about the um, the batteries for the electric cars. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. And have a great day. Thank you, ma'am. The same to you. Give us a call again. You know, it's uh, unfortunate, that topic, and uh, sometimes it's taboo for everybody, but first thing I think about is children. That's all I'll say. Uh, you have any comments? Uh, you have any questions? Give us a call at 877-960-9960. Now back to, uh, you know, I, I haven't mentioned uh, your anonymous feedback, but please, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And uh, don't forget about Earl's Vigilantes. You can see him and his hat this morning, and you too can have a hat just like that. Now back to Rick, I believe. Well, we've got Donovan says, a couple weeks ago I mentioned about a problem getting a second key made for a Porsche he purchased at Mazda Palm Beach. He says he posted a negative review for the dealership, ended up getting an email address, and emailed to Daniel, a higher up, and Daniel promised within one hour to resolve the issue even if he had to pay for it himself. Well, it's been about two weeks since that, and nothing has changed. They're now ignoring emails, calls, and text messages. Seems once they find out the cost of the key from Porsche and the locksmith can't make a key for the car, they decide to just ignore everything. It's a horrible way to do business because you write a WIO sheet and then you ignore it. Are there any options before getting a lawyer to contact them? I really would say to avoid Mazda Palm Beach, they're not a good dealer at all, very shady. Well, Daniel, you've done one thing. Uh, I mean, uh, Donovan, you've done one thing. You got Daniel's attention, and uh, he's on live radio now. So, Daniel, if you're at uh, Mazda Palm Beach, uh, this is an accusation made by Donovan that you're really treating him shabbily regarding a question. You made a promise to do something, and then you never even returned yeah. his phone call. It's drawing a lot of unwanted attention. I'm thinking mystery shop. You know, Mr. Shop, or uh, you wonder, have you ever wondered how many customers Mazda Palm Beach is losing right now? People are listening and thinking, I'm thinking about buying a Mazda, and where would I go? And uh, in Mazda Palm Beach, is, we're talking about you, and uh, you got to complain. Maybe you're totally innocent, but if you are, uh, give us a call, and uh, we'll put you in touch with Donovan, and you can take care of him, or you can say, He's not entitled to what he's asking for, but to, to not answer or respond, especially when you're on live talk radio, makes no sense to me. Yeah. Okay. And we've got George says, in your professional opinion, which is the best luxury large SUV for under $60,000? How many large SUVs for under 60000 
I would defer to Consumer Reports, but I guess, uh, Lexus. Under 60,000? Under 60,000. For a large? No. Um, I, for I a large, think, okay. Yeah, I can't think of many. Um, uh, gosh, you know, let's do a little research. I know I'm, I'm thinking Nissan and Toyota possibly. Um, Subaru? They don't do a large SUV. Um, like Nissan has a, um, what's their big one? I'll look it up while we, we'll move along. But, um, yeah, consumer but it's, it's, reports it's are a great tough. place to go. Yeah. Uh, I remember the last couple of issues, uh, they uh, were uh, targeting uh, cars that were uh, used cars and new cars and uh, the prices and how you can save. We're going to go back to the phones and we're going to go to uh, John, who's not a first-time caller, and he's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Good morning. What, what can we do I'm, for uh, you? I'm also, uh, uh, and uh, it's, it's what I can do for a previous caller from last week that was looking for a trailer hitch. Um, I'm just calling. Uh, I wanted. I, I wasn't able to get through last week, and he was saying about the dealership and the and uh, getting a trailer hitch for his car and that. And I found that the one place, and I don't know if this guy was answered or not, or if you were able to help him out, because uh, I had to hang. Uh, I, the show had ended, but U-Haul does a great job in installing and in selling trailer hitches. Mm. And um, you know, we think of U-Haul as being just a place where you rent a trailer. Well, they're also trailer hitch specialists, and uh, that—that's that, the place to go. Uh, they know their business, and the installers—they know what they're doing. Um, I—I'm not—I don't work for U-Haul, but I found that for trailer hitches and that. And ex- trailer accessories like bike racks, they've got them all there. Hmm. That's a great resource. Very much so. Everything from the trailer hitch to the light kits. And they also, you know, they, they ask you, you know, well, what are you, what, what's the trailer hitch for? And then they, they, they tell you whether or not your car, is, you know, is going to be able to handle it. You know, the weight, um, you know, on the side, side of the door and all that, uh, what, you know. You know whether it's class two or class three, uh, you know. So they they know what they're doing. Right, that's a great source, great resource for us. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank anyway, you. That's so it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, John. Do you have any uh, questions? Okay, John's gone. Uh, you know, this is why we love our callers, our listeners, our texters everybody um, i can't express to you how important it is that uh, you are so important to the show extremely important and we appreciate your company every single saturday morning and also the communication that we have with you throughout the week and uh, i just want to take a moment all of us want to take a moment and thank everyone Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And remember, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And you can also text us at 772-497-6530. We have a fantastic mystery shopping report coming up the uh, last half hour of the show. And uh, it's another Nissan. So stay tuned for that. And now I believe we are going to go back to Rick. I think I see his little sign uh, down there. Yeah, I got just a couple more here. Um, Mark Anderson says he did a bit of quick research. And just to kind of put a final cap on this whole cobalt thing for today, uh, he says he did notice where the country of the Congo produces most of the cobalt in the world 
and apparently they have been accused of using child labor to do this and that Apple has stopped using them for their resources. And my last one I have here is Wayne Vite, which by the way says the Nissan Armada is their, their big one. Um, he says, could you mystery shop Ed Morse and check his $7,500 rebate if he's not the lowest price? Have we seen something uh, about that, Earl? Uh, all you got to do is make a suggestion, and they go on the list. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, we will definitely be paying a visit again. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm getting a uh, Do you have another YouTube, uh, Rick? Uh, we're caught just at the moment. Caught up right now. Okay, great. I'm going to take a moment to mention uh, Earl's column. And uh, here he has a column that appears in the uh, Florida Weekly. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's a doozy. Answers to top 10 devious statements made by a car salesman. You gotta read this, definitely have to read this. And then also in the hometown news, he has a, another column and uh, you don't know what you paid for your car. Another great read. And if you wanna read any of his past columns, simply go to Earl on Cars. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what, you'll get a great education. One that you can apply to whether you purchase a new car, whether you, you know, you know purchase a, a used car. Uh, and now with all of that said, we have a first time female caller who's won herself $50. And her name is Sharon from Jupiter. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, how are you today? Great, welcome. Thank you. Um, I didn't have any problem. I just wanted to let you know that um, I feel like I should I should be a spokesperson for Toyota. I've had eight of them. Starting you, with, I've you, had eight Toyotas. You're a poster with, girl. Uh, I know. <laughs> I love Toyotas. I even had the MR2. Oh, wow. Way back when. And the Celica and you name it, all the way up to the SPVs. Stelica the was great. Yeah, it was. It was a little stick shift. I loved it. Did you have a convertible? I never did. Yeah, mine was a convertible. Was it? Great car. No. Yeah. Yeah, they really were. I've had two Camrys, a Highlander, RAV4, Sienna, you name it. I've, <laughs> I've had it. Nice. And um, they're just terrific. I tell everyone, you know, there's just, they're, they are zero trouble. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Low maintenance. I know. They're absolutely amazing. So, well, anyway, that was it. <laughs> Sharon, thanks for sharing that information with us. And most of all, thanks for calling Earl Stewart on Cars. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate it. I love the show. I listen to it every Saturday, and um, I just really enjoy it. It's just such good information. It definitely is. Share that with your girl club, and uh, we look forward to maybe hearing from your friends. Have I did. That's funny. I did a coffee this week. I told everyone, and I said I would get the phone number. So that they could call. Thank you. And um, anyway, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Nice hearing from you. I think we're going to go to Stu. Sure. 
We got another text from John uh, in California. It's a very great, great question because last week we found out that uh, Ford finally acquiesced and recalled a lot of Takata cars. Uh, John says, good morning to all. Love the show on YouTube. My question is, are we all safe from Takata airbags on any of the new cars um, that are being manufactured now? And I believe that is the case. Um, I don't think any of the defective ones have been made for a couple of years or a year or so. Um, So I think we're safe from that. Uh, But we're not safe from the ones that uh, are still out there. And the good news is uh, you haven't heard a Takata mystery shop in a long time because I can't find any Takata airbags, and I look every week. Um, I will start looking at uh, Fords because that was announced, so we can start um, seeing if we can identify some of those and make sure that the dealer, the used car dealers out there, or the new car dealers, anybody selling one of those, are at the very least giving a, a, a good disclosure. I mean, we know that they're not going to refuse to sell it. I, we give up that crusade, um, but um, hopefully, at least they point it out and recognize it. That it is a serious danger that can cause death. Addressing, addressing John's concern, one of the problems is that. Uh, Takata went bankrupt a few years ago, and they're out of business now. So there's no such thing as a Takata airbag anymore. But there are a lot of manufacturers out there that are they are are suspect because they're using other methods that are considered dangerous. And the uh, the whole idea of the accelerant and the cartridge that blows up your airbag that inflates your airbag, I should say, uh, there's a lot of concern uh, from other manufacturers. Who are doing a Takata-like thing, and uh, the the accelerant is very very important. And uh, um, there's uh, a lot of news on that, a lot of concern. But uh, as I say, there are, you know, we are safe from Takata airbags, but not safe from dangerous airbags. Mm-hmm. Rick, one thing to be aware of also is even if your car has had a recall on a Takata airbag, and has been in and had that recall covered, double check your VIN number on. Uh, is my car recall.com and with the NHTSA because what they're having to do in a lot of cases is they're not putting in a redesigned new airbag that doesn't have that same old propellant because of the trials of trying to get those they're actually replacing them with the original style airbag but it's simply a brand new one so it's now it's resetting the timer on that time bomb Hmm. so basically you're replacing it with a like what the manufacturers are calling like for like so they're kind of hedging their bets they're hoping that eventually all these old cars with the old takata airbags will wind up in the junkyards and will be phased out and they're gone and you can ask the uh, seller of the car are you sure this isn't a takata airbag he'll say i can assure you this is not a takata airbag because there's no more to cut airbags. Yeah, and they may think that it's been corrected, but run that VIN number. Double check it because there may be a new campaign, and we see this, the cars that we have already put airbag inflators in once, twice, the third time, suddenly there's another campaign and we're putting more of them in and they're being relisted. That's great information. So always run those VIN numbers. Yeah, definitely run that VIN number. Just when you thought the Takata topic just, well, just blew away, just was, you know, not talked about anymore. It's out there. It's real. Uh, We are going to go to Doug uh, from Boca, and uh, Doug's been with us before. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. This is Doug. Good morning. Hey, Allie. (laughs) And our little um, Ellie. Ellie's her name. (laughs) (laughs) 
So my friend, um, he's from Boca, but he lives in China. And the other night he said, come on, get on with me. I'm going to go through um, Hong Kong and, and downtown China and because they're going to be having the New Year thing and all that. And so he took me through the city. And, and the thing that I was interested about is most of the cars there now are electric, mm-hmm. including his. So he said that 90% of the cars are electric. And he said some are so good that they're, they're rivaling the Tesla. And they have a bigger range, and they're just as luxurious. They're cheaper. And... Um, but for some reason, they're, they're not, because of the tariff, obviously, they're not able to um, uh, export them to the United States, is what he said. And um want to know if you knew anything about those cars. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, Doug. Um, that's It's just, uh, it's, I guess it's the Chinese government, and they made a decision to um, get really strict on the type of vehicles they can sell. and. Uh, you know, I guess to address climate change and 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 all that, um, they actually. I mean, there's a lot of. I think there's Chinese-made electric vehicles. I'm not sure the names of the manufacturers out there, um, but I was reading some of the same stuff that you just mentioned that they are a pretty good quality. And uh, but you're right, they're just, they're not getting um, exported. Certainly not to the United States. No, but uh, it was interesting because he's from Boca Raton, and uh, he kept me on for like an hour. It was really fun watching that because he was by the by the a resort that was like right on the ocean or it was unbelievable so you say he he was in hong kong is that where he saw the the electric cars he says actually uh all of china now is electric cars but yeah he was near hong kong Hmm. because they're having the uh the new year's thing and i think it's the year of the hmm of the, the year oh, of the I monkey. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> 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 it's the year of the cat. There you go. Uh, I like that song, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's good to good to hear from you guys. Yeah. So, so Ellie Ellie does watch the computer, so we're going to get her watching the sun uh, sunrise one day, and then she'll. She'll take over where Ollie left off. Oh, thank you, Doug. That's great. <laughs> That'd be a nice replacement, Doug. Thank you so much for the call. And she is a silver Bengal. Ooh, she beautiful. She's a res- rescue, and she's absolutely gorgeous. She looks like a leopard. Send us a picture. Mm. Okay. We will. We will. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Thanks Doug. Call. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us. 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Rick. Well, I just wanted to mention we're actually right towards the end of the year of the rat. Are we? Okay. (laughs) Hey, that'll make uh, Ellie happy. (laughs) A little snack. Let's get some anonymous feedback. We haven't heard any from uh, from that yet. Um, All right. This one's for you, Earl. Uh, back when you were bad, were you ever threatened by disgruntled customers or employees? <laughs> Actually, yes. I was uh, chased up the stairs and uh, locked myself in the office, and I had to dial 911, and uh, the police came and rescued me. Do you remember uh, an old story back when we were eating at a delicatessen, a deli down in West Palm Beach, and I had forgot to give you a, a, a message that somebody had called when you were out to dinner the night before? 
that uh, they were going to kill me? I had a totally <laughs> So every Saturday night, uh, my folks went out to dinner, and we had a babysitter. And I apparently somebody called. I answered the phone and said, I'm going to kill your dad. And uh, fell asleep. I still forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. It wasn't until lunch the following day. I said, oh, uh, somebody called for you. said they're going to kill you. And the stare that you gave me, I, I, I will never forget that. Yeah. It all worked out well. You're still here. You made it to 80. Yeah. Uh, next, anonymous feedback. Uh, what was your favorite car movie? Car, uh, used cars. Used cars? I think when I when I read the question, I'm thinking, well, how many were there? There's used cars, and then there was Cadillac Man. Yeah, Cadillac Man. Cadillac Man. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, that also applies to things like. So I'm going to say my favorite car movie was Cannonball Run. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't about selling cars; it was about racing them across the country. But hey, hey. how about Bueller's Day Off? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Turn that odometer back. Um, next anonymous feedback says, uh, what's with all the glossy piano black trim in the new models? It's a magnet for fingerprints, dust, and scratches, a deal breaker for me. You know, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it looks nice uh, the day you get the car. Within, within a couple of days, it is a mess. But I don't know. It's just a trend. You know, uh, different trends come and go in car interiors. And uh, that leads us as a nice segue to the next anonymous feedback says, where have all the cloth seats gone? <laughs> they seemed to be getting replaced with vinyl, uh, otherwise known as fake leather. Um, they, they still do have cloth seats, and uh, typically on the, the starting and mid-grade models, that is what you'll, you get. Um, but in contrast to the problems you get with glossy trim, I think that these um, artificial leather seats are, in my opinion, um, much better than cloth. They're easier to clean. And uh, they they tend to look better. They don't wear as as quickly as as. Don't as smell as good though. Uh, I don't know. I think it all smells pretty toxic to me. Nothing like fresh <laughs> Corinthian leather. <laughs> yeah, but the cows didn't like that. <laughs> um. Okay, this is for Rick, and this is a total card geek question. <laughs> Not calling the the poster a geek, but Rick's a geek. Uh, can you do a quick list of the negatives? Sorry, Rick, you are. So am I. I am. I admit it. You're I a nerd. I'm a nerd. Can you do a quick list of the negatives of turbos on four-cylinder engines versus naturally aspirated V6 engines? Uh, actually, the negatives are starting to go away. Um, one of the biggest issues with turbos was they didn't have a lot of longevity. Turbos would wear out very fast because the turbocharger was spinning so quick. Now, for those that aren't really uh, aware of what a turbo actually is, this is actually a device that is run by the exhaust of the car, and it spins basically fan blades to take the fresh air from the engine and suck it, or fresh air from the outside, and suck it and force it into the engine to give more power. Turbocharged engines produce a more power than a normal aspirated engine. And in the past, turbocharge was kind of great for a younger car, but once that turbo started getting older, they'd break down pretty quick. Now, however, turbochargers are actually getting a lot better longevity. The, the quality has come way up. And they're actually able to take a four-cylinder engine and produce more power than a V6. So what you're actually going to see now, and as time goes by very quickly here in the U.S., the, the last of the gasoline engines, we're going to be switching from V8s and V6s down to turbocharged four cylinders 
because they're more fuel efficient, mm -hmm. they can produce as much power and get the job done, but they also produce less emissions because it can burn more completely. Okay. So there, you're actually going to see better any, quality, I think. Why aren't there any engines out there or your cars designed to take advantage of the moving air over the car? In other words, they used to have the scoops and I think Ra they were... Ramjets and all that, yeah. yeah. Like that. Why can't, uh, when you're on the highway doing 80 miles an hour, why can't they use the huge force of that wind to a give... A great question. I, I wish I knew more of why they... It, and especially one of my biggest questions is why they have the air intakes usually set so low close to the ground mm -hmm. down in the grill especially here in florida where we get so much rain if you run through a puddle you're splashing water huge amounts of water that mm -hmm. then goes into that I air duct and there's nowhere for it to go inside it gets sucked right into the engine and suddenly you've locked up your engine yeah. you could even have a you could even have a fan powering a generator in the front of the car and that would actually give you additional uh, so this is what happens when an engineer and a, and a auto, auto technician get together yeah <laughs> well, we're talking crazy ideas we're talking about up. we're talking about electric cars so now you have used the wind power uh to power the uh generator to uh charge your battery i mean makes all the sense in the world. I think I'm going to patent that. Don't tell anybody I said that. It, search it for it on Amazon first, though. Yeah. Boy, how many times, <laughs> right. how many times through the years, Earl, have we said, we're going to patent that? Or you've said to me, you had a patent that. Yeah, you know? all and, the time. And yeah. here it is right now. It's very real. It's out there, and uh, you can purchase it. Uh, Rick, I have a, a question for you. Um, it's about oil. What if I never changed, well, not me, literally, uh, but what if I never changed uh, my oil, uh, but just added it when it needed to be added? A uh, new car? I've seen a lot of people have thought that was an idea, that, it, that a car would simply begin to burn the oil, and eventually they just could keep adding oil, and it would be fine. The problem is that what's going to happen, eventually enough dirt and enough garbage is what, going to build up. Eventually we're all going to die. What does eventually mean? If I uh, have a new car, if I have a new car, uh, couple years. 30, I got a 36-month lease. Uh-huh. And 36 months, I'm going to put uh, 15,000 miles a year on it. And every time it gets down on oil, I add oil. At the end of three years, when I turn my lease in, uh, they're going to bill you for a the, new car. What will be the condition <laughs> of the car? most likely that oil is going to be so gummed up down in the oil pan that it's going to plug up the pickup not have any oil pressure you're gonna, and you're going to be bringing you're your going to get a big bill and that'll, and that'll happen in three years it was well, not the time it's the mileage because okay. remember you're only going to see this issue from the miles so if you're doing fifteen thousand miles a yeah, year about average yeah. in a, probably about thirty to thirty five thousand miles you would have enough gunk in that motor uh -huh. that just in you time would just in time for your inspection the motor up by then. <laughs> you know i i could have partially answered you know that question but i wanted your professional opinion uh, uh before i leap forward let's back up for a second are you talking uh new used uh any car. Any car. Oil uh, changes are needed. You know, I'm, I'm mm. uh, kind of weird when it comes to uh, filling, filling my tank. Uh, and the reason I'm weird is because I don't think that there are a whole lot of people that take and change uh, from regular gas to premium. And it's sort of, for me, I'm thinking that I can honestly see that tank and I'm sort of flushing it. 
I'm kind of giving it cleaning cleaning it out actually like, like a colonic no but putting premium fuel in a car that only needs regular fuel you're actually doing yourself a disservice by costing a lot more money and it's not going to help your car at all. Yeah, well, let's throw caution to the wind as far as the money is concerned. I'm talking about, you know, maintenance on the car and keeping it running um, as, as it should. And uh, I forgot to mention, quote unquote, you can, the car is, uh, you know, made for either premium or regular. Uh, in, in, in light of all that, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't do any good at all. Year, around 50 to 60 years ago, it would make a difference by running a higher octane fuel for a short time to help decarbonize the engine a little. But on modern cars, if your car is designed for 87 octane fuel, run 87. You're not gonna see any change by running 93. I got it's you. not gonna help the engine. And by burning slower, it actually is gonna cost you a little bit of power and maybe a little bit of efficiency, and you may lose some of that fuel out the tailpipe. Things have changed a whole lot since a lot. I was pumping gas into the car in the 50s. Yep. <laughs> I haven't moved forward. Okay, well, I'll quit doing that. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, we have a great mystery shopping report coming up from uh, Southern Nissan. Now back to Stu. More anonymous feedback. We have two Toyota dealerships in my hometown. Both of them had the same model car on their lot. A used Toyota about three years old. Miles were similar, and so was the condition. But one was $1,000 less. The other one was red, and I liked the other color better. So I told them I'd buy it if they could match the price of the other one. They let me walk. So I went to the other dealership, told them I wanted to buy their car. They wanted a $299 dock fee. I told them I'd only pay up to $75. They refused to budge. So I got my salesman and reduced my offer by $224 to pay the ridiculous dock fee. Boy, you don't know what ridiculous is. <laughs> uh, he went to the sales manager. The sales manager came out and said, Sir, we're not going to play games over $224. When you get serious about buying a car, you're welcome to come back. So good day. So as of now, I still haven't bought a car. Man, I'm curious. Where is that? That sounds pretty bad. That's uh, It's called roughing you up. Hmm. And we see a lot of that down here. When you listen to the Mystery Shopping Report coming up, uh, it might sound familiar to you. Um, like Earl always says every single week, the best way, don't get bogged down in the weeds about the amount of the fees and all that. Focus on an out-the-door out price and compare three dealers. And that's usually your best way to get the best price. It is a little bit tougher on used cars because each one's different. Um, but a, the, current, the, the, the same model year of a Toyota, recent model year, uh, Use Toyotas, use Hondas, consider those commodities. They're not one of a kind. So there's plenty of um, plenty of places to find a car very similar to the one that you yeah, want. Absolutely. And if you can avoid it, don't go into the dealership alone. Yep. Uh, next anonymous feedback. I bought a salvage title car in Texas, fully insured and manufacturer warranty. The county has a form you can take to a used dealer who assesses the car as depreciated, lowering the tax on the car. I paid $100 to a dealer not the when I bought it from, for their signature. He looked puzzled, took the money, and signed it. That's interesting. Well, I think Texas has a very unusual law, as I recall. We had another issue uh, about Texas, and they, uh, they have a classification, uh, or they don't have a classification for cars that have been totaled, and so you can actually get a title. You can take a car that was totaled, uh, and 
rebuild it, and it doesn't have to have a special title. Hmm. Next one. Uh, so your take-home message is to get the car around the end of the month, plus or minus a few days on the 30th or 31st, right? Is buying the car on the 28th of the month a good day? Also, since all months have at least 28 days. Um, also, would the end of the quarter months be a better incentive? Um, once again, don't get bogged down too much in the, 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 the days. Um, yes, towards the end of the month, as dealers get close to their uh, quota, um, if they're short, they're more, they're more um, likely to give you a better deal. Um, but it's a great question on the quarter. And I don't know how about other manufacturers, but I can tell you that Toyota has a quarterly incentive for their dealers. And um, that could be play a factor. So at the end of the quarter, if they hit a, a quarterly objective for the past three months, it's a huge amount of money. And uh, so dealers would be motivated to um, maybe take less profit on a deal towards the end of the quarter if it helped them get to that big, that big incentive. But for the average car buyer, that would be awfully difficult to know. You'd yeah. have to be an insider and understand maybe to know someone that works at a particular franchise dealership. 30-day cycle is the best way to go because virtually every car dealership in the United States has month-end bonuses and mm -hmm. incentives. For the, the salespeople, the manager. Best rule of thumb is the number. Let me correct something I said earlier about Texas. Uh, when I said they had a different law about the way cars are totaled, the law has to do not with collision uh, cars, but with other problems. For example, someone that never changes their oil or uh, if you have a mechanical problem that totals a car, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, issuing a normal title on that. It's totaled, but you still get a title in Texas. Okay. Here's a question for Rick on anonymous feedback. Earl says that the manual states your new Toyota does never need a transmission fluid change, then go with the manual. Almost all the mechanics I know state you should change the transmission fluid but it's a very intricate and precise ordeal to change the transmission fluid on a new or newer Toyota. So Rick, my question is, do your mechanics understand that they are trained to know how to do this precise transmission fluid change on a Toyota? Unfortunately, I don't know of any shop or service center close to me that I would trust to do this precise transmission fluid change. That's actually very true. And yes, all our techs are well trained on it. Uh, especially because when these newer transmissions first started coming out, we actually had a case where a technician accidentally pulled the drain plug on the transmission instead of the engine, and we had to be extremely careful to get it perfect because he didn't, and the transmission wound up blowing up. We had to replace it under warranty. So... There are issues like that. You have to be How very careful. How can it be careful. replaced under warranty if it was dealer error? Uh, oops, I probably shouldn't have mentioned that part. Well, we kind of uh, worked it through. Uh, but truth be told, we are trained properly. And I will tell you one fact. My Tacoma has 130,000 miles on it on the original transmission fluid. And I have no intention of changing it. Granted, I don't do a lot of towing with my truck, but as long as it's running fine, I'm going right along with it. Yeah, let me address the, uh, the answer to uh, the reason a lot of mechanics want to change your transmission fluid, even though the manufacturer says no, is because you get paid to do it. And yep. the service drive, in the service drive, the man that tells you you need to replace the transmission fluid, he gets paid if you do it, because everybody's on commission. So you got a commissioned service salesman 
you have a commission mechanic and you have a commission a service manager telling you that you need to change your oil. The manufacturer knows better than they do. They built the car. They designed it, they built it, and it's their reputation on the line if it doesn't uh, last. So uh, believe the manufacturer, don't believe the dealer. Earl, I have a question for you. In your experience, how often does that happen today? Commonly, uh, unfortunately, because the cars today are far more reliable. They need less maintenance. They need less repair. And the service departments of the world, in independent and dealerships, are suffering. They're struggling to make profits. And uh, the, um, I, would, I would venture to say the amount of maintenance and repairs is less than 10% of what it was 20 years ago. Yep. And our commission plans, our sales plans, our compensation plans are designed the way they were 20 years ago. Uh, now, uh, in order to sell enough service on the service drive and for mechanics to have enough cars to fix, they have to do more than what the manufacturer recommends. And they come up with a dealer recommended list, and I say ignore it, go with the manufacturer. So you're saying that this tactic still exists? Yeah. They, it's out of necessity because service departments need to make a profit. Dealers need to make a profit, and the only way to do that is to sell you more than you really need. Mm -hmm. I understand. I, I think that we're, uh, I'll use the word all, uh, in a moment of uh, desperation uh, to... Uh, well, fulfill our quotas, uh, no matter what the cost is to the uh, customer. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep your eyes open. Uh, knowledge is power. Uh, keep an eye on every aspect of the auto industry. Now back to Stu. All right, we just have a couple more before we get to the mystery shopping report, and it is on a little bit on the long side. <laughs> but, I, you know, there was so much, so much that happened. Okay. Hello, car people. I have a question about Toyotas. I'm in the market for a, a new fuel-efficient Toyota. I have a truck I plan to keep, but I have to travel a lot during the work week, and I need a reliable fuel-efficient car. I also happen to be six feet four inches tall. Hey, that's, all, uh, that's Earl's height. Um, how is the height on your smaller Toyotas? Um, well, that's always been a problem for us tall guys. Thankfully, I stopped growing around six feet two, so I fit into a very small car right now. But yeah, that's a problem. So the most fuel-efficient cars tend to be smaller. Um, but hybrid SUVs are widespread by all manufacturers, Toyota, Honda, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Toyota RAV4, um, I think you might be able to fit into that one because uh, it's not a little car. Um, but also the CRV, I think, uh, has a hybrid. And check out other manufacturers as well. Um, but you might fit better in a mid-size or small hybrid SUV and still get like 40 miles to the gallon. Earl, what, what uh, vehicle would you say would be m most accommodating to you and, and your height? Whether it was yesterday, last week, uh, last year? The bigger the, the bigger the car, the better. I like big cars. Mm -hmm. are, They're more comfortable, yeah. Are you comfortable in the Avalon? Uh, yeah, I am, yeah. But mm -hmm. I, I'm more comfortable than a Lexus. Yeah, that's a good. Yep, thanks for bringing that up because there's there is a hybrid Avalon, uh, and that's a that's a, a big guy can fit in that for sure. Yeah, I think the uh, auto industry has caught on, and they're uh, really uh, t taking the comfort of the consumer uh, into consideration a whole lot more than they ever did before. And I'm talking about that front seat. You don't realize how much time you spend in that front seat, or maybe a person's height or weight. Uh, Rick has a question. This is just kind of a little, just a thought of my own. 
the first generation Scion XB mm. was it was the TARDIS of cars. And uh, yeah, my geek is coming out again. They were bigger on the inside than they were on the outside. You literally, Earl could sit in a Scion XB yep. and he'd still have four or five inches of clearance above his head. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, they made that car to where a tall guy, a big guy could sit comfortably. And I haven't seen another car yet that I would compare to how that one was designed. I wish the engineers could look at that one and, and use it as a benchmark. Well, they can, yeah, except for the like, fact people don't want to buy it because it was ugly. And that's the reason. Well, Sci on the outside. That's yeah, the yeah. out of business. Yeah, it, that, it was that, on the outside, yeah. yeah but exactly. They, they could design that interior in such a way. Yeah. It was like a it big. It was awesome. It was like a big bread box. Yeah. Is what what it was it's like. A toaster. And maybe it was sold, yeah. you know, in the beginning because of the woofers and tweeters. You know, I mean, they had such yeah. a sound system. Uh, you know, it really attracted uh, the younger. Yeah. Generation. Okay, I digress. The, the last one. It says, "Whatever happened? I lost my spot. Whatever happened to the old new car smell? Go to a CarMax on a hot day and open the door." It makes you want to gag, especially with leather upholstery. By trying to hide the smell, they make it worse. And then we did, we talked about that last week too. When you try to mask a smell, uh, it uh, it doesn't work and it, it does smell worse. I don't get the new car smell thing. I know that it's a nostalgic thing for people. <laughs> you're smelling a lot of chemicals and solvents and all that. It can't be good for you. But Well, you, you, you're, you don't smell with your nose, you smell with your mind. Yeah, you're right. And so when cars were first built, they smelled like new cars. Yeah. And it was a dangerous odor, actually. It's a, they proved that the new car smell is it's actually toxic. Yeah. But people bought a new car, and they identified with new cars and the smell. And so new car smell became the in thing. And it really doesn't smell very good. Uh, but uh, if you think it smells good, your brain smells it, not your mind. No, I know. I mean, not uh, your, my not wife, your nose. My wife's from Georgia. Every New Year's Day, she cooks a bunch of collard greens, and our house smells like a fart. You yeah. can say that in the air, right? You yeah. can say fart. Yeah. And... Uh, but it is a heartwarming, nostalgic smell for me. Mm -hmm. And we're yeah. caught up. Okay. Okay, guys. Uh, um, to all our listeners and uh, our texters, uh, everybody, uh, you're a big part of the Mystery Shopping Report. Uh, yes, you definitely are. So be part of the rating system uh, because we are going to the Mystery Shop, and that's of Southern Nissan. Okay. Sutherland Nissan. We investigated Sutherland Nissan back in May of last year. They earned a D, a D minus, for a host of bad behavior, a bait and switch ad, maskless employees, and that was during the very first big wave of the COVID pandemic. And a big fat $3,000 phony Monroney, dealer addendums. Everybody's doing it, but that's a big one. That's a real big one. Sutherland's grade uh, places them in the bottom and half of a not-so-distinguished group of Nissan dealers on our good dealer, bad dealer list. Uh, this isn't good. Nissan dealers, as we discussed, are probably the worst-behaved dealers we mystery shop. Um, they are definitely. That said, Sutherland has an interesting story. Sutherland Nissan in Fort Pierce, Florida, is owned by George Sutherland and a partner, a man named, believe it or not, U.S. Marine. <laughs> You know, his, his father really had a sense of humor, didn't he? And uh, they, they probably uh, came up with a middle name to make it fit the U.S. Marine. Together, they own a small group of dealerships, uh, all in Florida. U.S. Marine's uh, full name, Ulrich Stanley Marine. <laughs> you know, who, 
Ulrich. I guess I'd want to be called U.S. Marine if my first name were Ulrich. Ulrich. Yeah, Ulrich. Anyway, it's a hell of a story. Began his career as a bartender uh, with a dream of owning a car dealership, according to Florida Weekly. uh, U.S. Ulrich was recruited into car sales while working in a restaurant in Tampa and quickly rose to the ranks and began running his own stores. That's very cool. I mean, say what you will about his dealerships. I don't know. We'll find out at the end of the Mystery Shopping Report. But you got to admit, that's what I call a, uh, a rags to riches story. Yeah. Bartender to uh, owner of a string of dealerships. U.S. Marine was just 28 when he met Mr. Sutherland and began their partnership. Wow. This time around, there was another Sutherland online ad that grabbed our attention. The offer was uh, what is known as a BOGO, which is an acronym for buy one, get one. I, I never heard BOGO. Uh, Stu did. And, oh, they're uh, common. <laughs> yeah, they're common, yeah. BOGOs are quite common in fast food restaurants and supermarkets for low-cost items like french fries and pints of Ben & Jerry ice cream. A BOGO offer from a car dealer for new Nissans raises a little healthy level of suspicion. Okay, uh, I'll show you the ad. He's putting it on the screen. Uh, here's the, uh, you yeah. know, here's what the ad looked like. BOGO. I guess everybody knew what a BOGO was but me. If I saw that ad, I'd say BOGO. <laughs> BOGO is back. Who's he? Is he a, a clown? No, that's BOGO. Anyway. So, according to the ad, if you buy a new mid-sized Nissan Altima, you'll get f- for free a new compact Nissan Sentra. Unbelievable. No, literally. <laughs> I didn't believe Unbelievable. It. <laughs> the one line of teensy tiny print that catches this. Based on a 2019, now we're talking 2019, folks. This is 2021, in case you dozed off. 2021, <laughs> they're selling 2019 Nissan Altima. And then if you lease a 2000, 2019 mm. Nissan. Oh, yeah. You buy the Altima and they give you a 24 month lease. 24 month lease, yeah. Okay. They give you the 24 month, and that's on the Sentra? Yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the small car. Yeah. My first thought, first thought was wow, they still have 2019 models on the lot, and we check and they had just one. Um, you know, when, you, when I read this, I had a flashback. That was a common trick a while back, uh, and uh, I think they stopped, a lot of dealers stopped doing it because. Uh, it was just too egregious. You know, excuse me for interrupting you, but whenever I first read the Mystery Shopping Report and I saw BOGO, the first thing that I thought of, pay less shoes. I mean, maybe I'm showing my age, but uh, I believe that that's where that all started. And I had—I had, uh, was really glad that uh, Stu had uh, put in the Mystery Shopping Report the acronym, buy one, get one. So anyway, my thoughts. Back to the recovering car dealer. So I, uh, my second thought, well, this is an eye-catching, very compelling bait-and-switch ad that must be investigated and, investigated, and that's what we did. So we called Agent Lining. Here's the report, speaking in the first person, as if I were the shopper. As soon as I received my orders, I headed to Sutherland's Nissan's website, NissanFortPierce.com, to find the ad to see if there were any more disclosures. You can, you, if you're listening to this, go to NissanFortPierce.com, take a look, and you can see it on your computer or your smartphone mm-hmm. and see exactly what we're talking about. It's probably still up, I believe. It is. Yeah. There were none. Uh, this was a form I could fill out to get more info on the offer, so I submitted a request using my husband's name. I received a reply from Megan, 
a retail sales specialist. And uh, she basically said, came back pretty quick, I think. Hello, Frank. Thank you for your inquiry on the BOGO sale. This offer from Nissan has been very popular since it was released. You see, from Nissan, remember that. It has been very popular since it was released, and everyone who gets it loves it. This is where you buy a vehicle, such as an Altima or a Rogue, and you get a brand new Sentra for free. Yes, for free. And remember, she's repeating this. This is a two-year lease at no cost to you, and at the end of the lease, you're going to either turn the vehicle in or buy it out of the lease and finance the remainder. Did you have an idea on what vehicle you were hoping to get into? Warm regards, Megan Meyer, retail sales specialist. Now, I may be confused, but if someone says they're giving me something for free, I assume I won't have to give it back in two years. Well, I would think everybody would agree with that. I also noticed that the email claims that the offer is from Nissan, which implies this is a manufacturer, national factory offer, leading, they're not lending credibility. However, I checked no other Nissan dealers were offering a BOGO, and manufacturers don't do that. So this is a blatant, uh, this is not true, this is an untrue statement. Yes. It's a lie. Uh, Nissan is not making this offer. But uh, it is a rule of thumb. If you see a manufacturer advertise 0%, it's real. Or half a percent or 1% financing, it's real. If a dealer advertises 1%, he's lying. Uh, so that's the reason they use the manufacturer to whitewash the fact that they were misrepresenting something. I also noticed the misspelled Sentra, which <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> you know, that's a typo. I, I don't worry about that. Clearly, this email was designed to diffuse some of the anticipated anger uh, this ad will cause with Sutherland's customers. I didn't reply to it. Instead, I headed right up to Fort Pierce to continue my investigation. I arrived in the morning and was half-heartedly greeted by a receptionist wearing a mask around her neck and using her smartphone. I waited for her to finish, then I told her I was there for the BOGO deal. Still gazing at her phone, she said she would get me a salesperson. Uh, yes. She picked up her desk um, phone ha handset, made the call, then she called Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N, Quinn, and be with me shortly. Quinn came over wearing a mask properly, good. He said he would get a salesperson for me. I walked away a few months later. He was back with Tim, also wearing a mask the right way and holding the customer info sheet. We sat down at a desk, and Tim launched into the familiar interrogation. As we finished, I showed him the ad on my phone, told him that my husband refused to come in with me because he believed there was no possible way anyone could get uh, buy one, get one free on a car purchase. He said I was getting tricked. Tim chuckled and said, We'll make it happen and really show your husband. He explained that I would have to finance the purchase of the first car. Then I'd get a two-year lease for free on the Sentra. Another salesperson, Dan, approached us at this point and brusquely asked us to move so we could uh, make room for his customers that he had coming in, and we had to change desks. We relocated to the next desk and continued to discuss the buy one, get one free deal. Dan apparently overheard me express irritation at learning a second car was a lease. That's the, the guy next door that just made us move because he decided to interrupt again. He said there was a full disclosure in the ad and there shouldn't have been any surprise from me. Now this is just blatant rudeness. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, you know it's, it's, it's not deception, it's how to lose a sale. 
So the quality of the salespeople we found at Nissan dealerships is below average, far below average. And the reason being, and I'm, I'm uh, digressing now, I know, but uh, if I'm a car salesperson and I'm a professional and I want to sell cars, I'd first apply probably at a Lexus or a, a, a Subaru dealership or a very popular car. And then if I couldn't get a job there, I'd move on down the line. And after nobody would hire me, I would knock on a Nissan dealership store and they would probably hire me. And this is unfortunate, I hate to say this, uh, but it's unfortunate that anybody that uh, had a quality salesperson doesn't want to work for a Nissan dealer. And uh, I know I'm making a lot of people mad at me now, but I got to tell the truth, that's what I do. Uh, Dan stood up and hovered me over me to see if he, uh, he well, and she said, that. yeah, she yeah. said there was no disclosure on the ad, and she yeah. showed him the phone. Yeah, showed him the phone. Um, so uh, I got on my phone and I'm, I'm looking at the ad. Dan stood up, hovered over the back of me to look at uh, what I was looking at. Told me to keep scrolling with my phone. I did and showed him there was no sort of legal disclosure there. Uh, and this is another gem. Dan rebutted me by saying. The ads were designed for desktop computers, not mobile devices. If I'd had a real computer, I would have seen the full legal disclosure. And the fact of the matter is, Dan's not only stupid right. and, and crooked, he's behind the times because cell phones are far more used now by consumers can, than PCs. I can tell you right now, it's 70% mobile. Um, the people that visit our website, it's and that's industry-wide. Exactly. So Dan's a moron. We design them for mobile. Well, <laughs> we not, do, because no, if it's not designed for mobile, then anyway. It's not Dan's fault. He's been living under a rock, so yeah. you know, <laughs> he has to move. That's right. <laughs> I returned my attention to Tim, asked me to follow him outside to see the inventory. We found a new 2021 Nissan Altima uh, they couldn't find the 2019, I guess, because uh, it wasn't there, right. with an MSRP of $28,960. There was also an addendum stuck right next to the Moroni label. Uh, and when you know, I say addendum, it was a doozy. This added another $4,627 to the MSRP, making the new list price $33,587. Tim left to get a key. I stood by the Altima for 10 minutes. Tim returned with the key. We went on the world's shortest test drive, quick orbit on the block. We returned to the lot, and Jim asked if this was the car I wanted. Uh, I said, it was, but I wanted to see the buy one, get one free car, the Sentra. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm buying two cars. I'm getting one free. I want to see what the incentive is. We walked around the lot, uh, futilely looking for a Sentra. Uh, we went inside so Tim could figure things out. I sat down at the desk, waited again. Tim came back 15 minutes later with the key to a Sentra in his hand. He said it was a, it was hiding on the other side of the lot. We went outside to take a look. It was a 2020 model. And I asked if that would work for the offer since 2019 model was specified. He wasn't sure and said he'd find out. We went back in, found a new desk. He asked me uh, to wait while he spoke with the manager to work up the deal. He made a U-turn on his way to see his boss and walked back my way. He asked me to tell him on a scale of 1 to 10 how my credit was. I said it was almost a 10. I have a score in the high 700s. Then he asked if anyone in my family was that here we go, active military, a recent college grad, or a Nissan owner. These are all the uh, qualifications that nobody can meet that they put in there to keep the price down. 
the advertised price down, not the real price. He was back in about five minutes with a worksheet for the Altima. Top line was $33,955. higher than the dealer list, not the M. Maroney, the dealer list. So that now $49.95 over sticker. A $1,500 rebate came off, making the adjusted price $32,455. Then he added 50 <laughs> as if that wasn't enough. And now he's going to hit, hit me with $54 for key replacement that I didn't ask for. And then he's got $105 in taxable fees, which, as you know, a taxable fee is a hidden fee, and a $799 dock fee, which is a taxable fee, and it's also a dealer fee. It's a hidden fee. So everything is smoke and mirrors here, folks. My effective selling price was $33,413. Ready for this? You better sit down for this one. $4,453 over MSRP. Now you're starting to understand where they're going to get the money for that 24-month lease from I, you. I knew it at hello. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me a grid of payments with varying terms and down payments. And instead of challenging him on the ridiculous price he was charging, I asked him about the buy one, get one free car. He jumped up and said he needed to see his boss. He's back in 30 seconds with Chris. That was fast. Chris had all sorts of attitude and wanted to know what I needed better explained. He wanted to know what he needed to do to make this deal. I said, I said that for starters, I don't know anything about buy one, get one free car, and that Tim didn't have, any, have much to tell me. Chris said, honestly, that both cars were in, in, in the price Tim presented. He said, I would get the details. Oh, this is beautiful. Uh, you're going to get the details on the free car, the Altima, when you get into finance. When you get into finance, it's too late. You're signing in. You bought the car. And uh, this is unbelievable that they would not give, them a, give me the details at this point. I said this would not help me convince my husband the deal is legitimate. I said I needed to run things by him. And right now, I had nothing to show him. Chris countered by saying that most people came to the dealership to buy cars. Now, he's getting aggressive. This is bad. He's getting insulting. And uh, most people come to the dealership to buy cars, not gather information to take home. Accusing me, he told me to get him on the phone. Get get him on. Get the old man on the phone, and I'll explain things to him. He didn't say old man. I was editorializing. <laughs> I said my husband was at the meeting all day and not available. I was there doing the legwork so we could determine if this buy one get one free thing was legitimate. This seemed to anger Chris. <laughs> Getting angry at a customer. Wow, I tell you, no wonder he couldn't get a job at any other dealership. Who was belligerently said, This isn't some rinky dink Mickey Mouse dealership. We're one of the biggest dealerships around, and we don't know anything that's not legit. I bit my tongue, and Chris took out his phone, uh, showed me his calculator. $8,496 was already on the screen. $8,496 already on the screen. He was prepared. He said, The way this works is they'll cut a check to me for $8,496 that I'll sign over to him to cover the two-year lease. He said all the lease paperwork will be explained finance. So I'm going to prepay the lease uh, for two years, and uh, I'm going to write a check out for it, and I'm going to give it to him, right? I turned my attention to the worksheet and pointed out the inflated price and the fees. I said I wasn't interested in the dealer install package. Chris was rude. He said the extra for how they were able 
to do the buy one, get one free deal. Rude but honest. <laughs> Rude but honest. You're exactly. paying for it. It's not free, though. That's yeah. that's BS. Then, then he actually laughed and said, did you really expect <laughs> to get discounts on a buy one, get one free? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I said, I've gotten buy one, get one free deals at Publix and use coupons. <laughs> this, is a, this wasn't a bad zinger for a nasty man. Chris sarcastically asked if I'd ever bought a car at Publix. You ever bought a car at Publix? <laughs> Hard to believe. You can't. That's, car dealers say that too. Like, well, Kelly Blue Book says my car is worth $10,000. <laughs> I go, can you buy it from them? <laughs> you sell it to them. So, anyway, you know, wonder why Nissan stores are doing so badly. Um, I was steaming. I turned him out. I turned him out. Tuned him. Hmm? I tuned him out. Tuned him out. As we went on about how big they were, blah, 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 and how well uh, they take care of the customers. I took my last shot. I said, I needed him to take off the addendum items otherwise i wasn't going to be doing business with him he said he couldn't budge one penny stood up reached for the worksheet although i already had taken a picture of it chris grabbed it put his hand on it said it stayed here he pointed to where it said for <laughs> internal use only which doesn't mean that you can't have a copy of it uh, i gave him a dirty look turned around and walked out and there we are um, she also she called him a pompous ass too i, I didn't yeah, put that in the yeah part. yeah i uh, Thank I, you, Nancy would have called them worse, and so would I. So uh, there we are, and we're getting near the end. So we need need to do a uh, a vote on this. No, I think Nissan's getting near the end. Yeah, they are. Good point. Okay, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I have no reservations or qualms about failing uh, Nissan and Sutherland Nissan, and I hope everybody agrees with me because I can't wait to do the first update of the <laughs> good dealer bad dealer list. Fantastic. Uh, any honest uh, feedback? Yeah, I'm going to see the grades are coming in. Oh, yeah, here they are. Um, Linda, fat F yet again. That is awful. Um, Bob, F for Sutherland and a second F, a second <laughs> BOGO. <laughs> they, get, they get two Fs. One is a BOGO F. Anne-Marie <laughs> gives um, an F, rude, aggressive, and obnoxious, not unusual, but they've earned an F. And Frank gives them an F2. And, uh, oh, and Mark gives them, who's one of our vigilantes, also gives them a bogo F. Get, an F, get another <laughs> one for free. I like that. That's very funny. I've got Wayne Vate with a gigantic F. Uh, Ernesto, he's feeling generous. A D minus. Mark Ryan with an F. Tom Gilliland, F. My own. <laughs> it's an F. Well, Mr. Sunrise. Well, <clears throat> I think that uh, Dan is a two-faced politician, and uh, I, uh, I think that I don't the think we can use that word on the air, can we? Politician, not a dirty word? It's a dirty word. Yeah. I retract the statement. Uh, also, I believe that the dealership is corrupt, and I give them an F for fraudulent. All right. You're the, you make the final call. Well, I, uh, I don't even have to think about it. Uh, NF, uh, do not buy uh, a Nissan from Sutherland Nissan on our recommendation. And uh, you've got a couple, of, uh, more than a couple, two or three maybe, uh, people that, that shouldn't be working in any car dealership. And where do you go after you get fired from a Nissan store? I don't know. Jail? I don't know, but I'm telling you, he's dragging down the GPA oh. of all the Nissan dealers. So. Oh. <laughs> Okay, folks, uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We enjoyed your company, and I hope that you enjoyed ours. Stay tuned.
next week, same time. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe.